1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bring on the Bucks! A big thanks to all of our guests today. Jim Orzarski was great. We talked with Mike Florio and Adam Hogue stopped by the show. Thanks for giving us the space to talk a little bit about the Cubs and talk about Tua. Excellent work, as per usual, by my partner, Layla Rahimi, who will be back tomorrow and Friday for our show. You're in for a treat for the rest of the afternoon because the Bulls play a huge game against the Bucks. I don't know if I can think of two people better on the scores roster. Unless we're talking about Chuck and Bill. (laughs) To, to host the show, to talk about this, than the two people that we've got in here, Gabe Ramirez and Mark Shanowski. Hello, men.
0: What's hey, up? Hey, what's going on? My uh, my cheeks are still hurting from smiling so much with the, the amount of time we get to spend on the Bulls today.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. So y'all are ready.
0: Yeah, we're going to
2: talk some basketball. There's no question about it. I've been
0: trying to wear my mark. Pre game on the score. I've been trying to wear my mark and like throw feelers out there. But so I still feel like I got to get there with the Bull stuff, you know? It's like I want to make him as excited as I am.
3: Ask him about the tank years.
2: Oh my goodness! <laughs> Pre and post for all those years, Fred we, Hoiberg,
3: Jim Boylan—that was a lot of fun. Bless you, you sat through a lot.
2: Oh my goodness, that was tough. I go back to the Tim Floyd era, though. So that was dark, dark times for Bulls fans too. That's right. You do go back to the Tim yeah. Floyd era. That was one of the strong. Tim was one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet, but he was totally overmatched trying to coach in the NBA. You know, he ended up going back to USC, Texas, El Paso, finished up his career doing that. And he actually got a second gig in the NBA, which was bizarre. He went down to New Orleans for a couple of years. I think he actually took him to the playoffs one year. But Tim, he thought when he came to Chicago that Jerry Krause, who recruited him, you know, really wanted him to be the coach, was going to take care of him. And then all of Jerry Krause's free agency plans went in the dumper. And so did Tim's coaching career at the same time.
3: We did a podcast with Tim. He was kind enough to give us a very candid interview after the last dance had come out. And it was me, Rob Schaefer, and Tony Gill was producing. And there were times where the three of us looked at each other on Zoom after he would say something. We are like, (laughs) what? Because it was was just like, and this is nothing new to you, Mark. But the, the casual nature with which he would say, well, you know, they always have a coach in the hand. And I'm like, you're just saying this now? Like, you're just saying this. It was amazing. Well, like, I need to go back and actually listen to all of the things he gave up in that interview.
2: You know, the media community is a small world. We all worked together at NBC Sports Chicago, and I was at NBC5 for a while. And Tim Floyd used to come in the studio and do Sports Sunday. And, and he came in so ragged and beat up. So, you know, and, and you say, Tim, are you all right? He goes, oh, man, he goes I don't sleep very well. <laughs> no. Because he thought he was going to get a veteran team that, that Jerry Krause had told him we are not going to let this die after Michael and that whole group leaves. We're going to bring in premier free agents. We're going to get top draft picks, and it's only going to take a couple of years. We're going to be back on top again. Well, we all know it didn't work. The, the great free agency of uh, 2000 uh, didn't exactly materialize the way they hoped.
3: And he alluded to that, too. But, man, yeah. to live it is another thing, Mark.
2: Benny oh, yeah. the
1: Bull back out to the airport. <laughs>
2: yeah, Trying to get Tracy McGrady. That get was Tracy
1: McGrady out here and all that good stuff. L- let me ask you both, and I know that you guys are going to talk about it more in depth as the four-hour show goes on. Gabe, I'm going to start with you on this. Sure. Did you think the Bulls were fixed during the three-game win
0: streak? No. No, you couldn't have thought that at all. I mean, if you really watched those games and saw how they panned out – They were pretty much carving copies of the games that happened earlier in the month. They just happened. The ball just happened to bounce in the favor of the Chicago Bulls. But Zach, when Zach says things like "Hey, we took the team
1: for granted," you got to be a really good team in a really good place in order to say things like that. That that upset me. Yeah, to hear him talk like, who are y'all to be taking any team for
0: granted? And I talked to Sam Smith yesterday about it, and he said it was more player speak than it was like a believable statement from Zach Levine. But I I just don't think they took them lightly. I think they came in to play and they just got beat by a younger, more athletic team that was really out there. Like, you got to understand the NBA, everyone's trying to prove a point, right? It depends on the night. And you heard Zach and DeMar talk about, hey, why is our record really good against good teams? Well, we feel like we want to play up to that level. Well, so does everybody else when they face the Chicago Bulls. They know who's on that team. They know it's Vooch. They know it's DeMar. They know it's Zach. And they want to test themselves as well. Where are we at? In the scope of the NBA, are we, at the, are we at the bottom where our record says we are? Or are we in this mushy middle where the Bulls are as well and can prove it by going out and beating guys like that?
2: You know, when you said younger and more athletic, I just had a shiver go down my spine. <laughs> yep. I heard that phrase a few times during the uh, Gar Pax era. But back to your original question, you know, the thing that really struck me in the last couple of weeks, not just over the last four games, was some of the comments from Billy Donovan during his post-game news conferences. Talk about being candid. You know, talking about re- regressing to the mean and how we got lucky last year with Demar and those last-second shots and we won all these close games. Why would you say that? You know, because he
3: signed an because he got a contract. Well, he's got he's got security, <laughs> but what he's
2: doing is he's really putting his GM on the hot seat. He's saying that I don't have the roster to win consistently. That DeRozan's heroics made us look better than we were last
3: year. But don't you think when you heard his comments in the off season at Summer League when he was talking about Lonzo and he brought this up as well after we thought that they had their team on the floor, that that was kind of the same thing? Like, it was a cry for help anyway. Darnell Mayberry, of course, on the case in the off season where these comments lived.
2: Well, he lit the match yesterday, didn't he? <laughs>
3: oh my goodness. He knows what he's, he's so, doing. He's so
1: good. He's so done good. an excellent job of covering this team as they kind of go through all of this stuff that they've done. Like I young and hungry has been the the phrase that I've been using to you wanna see the Bulls lose a game? Show me a roster that's got young and hungry players on it because that's where they struggle. And and to get back to your point, Gabe, like the beginning of that game, that's all it was against the Rockets. Oh, we're just gonna go to the back. You're gonna guard the basket? <laughs> Oh, we'll just go to the basket. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're not going to, yeah. ch- on switches, come out to the three-point line? Awesome. We love shooting open three-pointers. And they did that all game. And even when the the Bulls push back and they end up taking the lead, they, they had built up enough confidence throughout the game where they were like, no big deal. You know what we'll do? We'll just keep going to the basket. <laughs> yeah. And we'll keep catching Vooch in a switch. And him not know what to do and no one help him out or when the ball swings around the perimeter and the Bulls do a terrible job of helping the helper on their defensive. It is just it is so frustrating to watch them like as the game playing out, like y'all are better than them. Why are you allowing this to continue to happen? Well, your two best players, DeRozan
2: and Levine, both said that they didn't come out with the right intensity. They've got to play harder. You don't want to hear that from your veteran players. They should know when a young team comes in, only has three road wins, they got nothing to lose. You know, they're, they're just going to come in. They're going to play free and easy. They made 11 of their first 13 shots most of the time because they weren't guarded. And the Bulls were, were jogging back and forth down the court. You're down 23-5, to five, and then you fight so hard to get back. And then, as you mentioned, Houston said, we can win this game tonight. And they did that, and they didn't do a good job in pick-and-roll coverage. Shangoon was getting right to the hoop, no resistance. It was just, uh, you know, to give up 133 points to a, to a team like that made no sense because, you know, Houston went to Boston the next night, and they got pounded. So
1: What I loved about their approach to the game is that it's a, it was a microcosm of what the NBA is right now because what they were looking for was we're going to dunk it or we're going to shoot a 3 point The driving dish was there all night. That, that, that's the NBA now. If you're going to take a, a a two-pointer, make it the highest percentage shot that you can find. And that's one of the issues with the Bulls, is that they're a team that takes a lot of bad shots. They take a lot of long twos. Step back. What I wanted this year for DeMar, because I know DeMar is a big Kobe stan, I wanted him to mirror what Kobe did at the end of his career, which was... Take four three pointers a game. Four. And this is one, this is the the second best or third best two guard in the history of the NBA. Some would say the best. He was willing to be like, you know what? Not getting to the basket the way that I would (laughs) like to, but why don't I increase my range? Why don't I, instead of taking 19, 20 footers, step back? and take a three, and look at what it does to the geometry of the floor. DeMar, to me, is a smart basketball player. I, I love his instincts for the game. It really bothers me that that's... Of all of the, the Kobe standing that he does, that that's something that he hasn't learned from Kobe. And
0: what? when you look at his three-point shooting, I mean, he hits it It's a decent percent. He hits,
1: that's why I'm saying... If he just were to take two more games, right?
0: It's the way that he gets set up for those threes, though, that you do see in the game. It's, you know, I'm running up to the three-point line off a pass from Vooch to shoot it. It's never, you know, within rhythm of the offense where he's coming off a screen to catch it and then shoot the three that way. He's not hitting you with a step back like Zach Levine and doing it, you know, in that sense either. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough ask for DeMar is what I'm saying. The
3: entire team isn't shooting enough threes, period.
0: They're yeah, not they're confident in a three-point shooting. They're shooter. last
2: in three-point
3: Right, that's it. And I would also like to know, Mark, especially you, I want to know your thoughts on this team's three-point defense.
2: Wow. You know, they just don't close out of the three-point line. It's amazing. They get caught in switches. They don't rotate properly. And then a shooter's left wide open on the weak side. And it happens over and over again. You know, you'd, you'd look at the teams that have come into the United Center and have shot their best three-point percentage of the mm. season. And people are going, well, Mo, they caught them on a hot night. Well, there's also a reason that there's no defense there. It makes that shot a whole lot easier. I mean, these teams that are coming in and it's usually right off the bat, even if they've dug themselves into huge holes because they don't they don't defend the three point line and, and teams get confidence and they get out to a nice early lead and then, then you got a tough night ahead of you.
1: I think the Rockets their season high for three pointers in a game coming into Monday was eleven. <laughs> and then they hit seventeen. Well, and the Knicks, too, the first time in that
2: game. That's right. And the Knicks are not a three-point shooting team at all. I think they made a season high, like, 23 points. I know.
3: They're one of the worst in the league. And yeah. their secondary scoring was just outstanding. It wasn't just Julius Randle that night. They were finding people they needed to find and involve.
1: I wasn't expecting to get mad about the Bulls at the end of the show. I love it. I don't know <laughs> how. I'm here for I mean, it.
3: it's. We can only avoid it for so long. We got to talk about the Sox tomorrow. You got to get
0: ready for that segment. (laughs) We got to do both. Save your anger for tomorrow. Yeah, get a good night's sleep, Lawrence.
1: (laughs) Hopefully, the Bulls will do well tonight against Milwaukee and. Uh, the White Sox, I got nothing for, but we'll let the people talk about the White Sox instead of Layla and I. What are you guys gonna do on the show today? Uh, we got a great show lined up. We, we got, got a some,
2: potpourri. We got a big
0: smorgasbord. Yeah, coming, we do. We you? got Will Purdue hanging out with us a little later in the oh, show. Nice. Oh, love it! Bulls at four. We got Luke Stuckmeyer yeah. hanging out at three twenty-five. Talk some
2: Cubs for, with us.
0: We got Corey Wooten jumping on the show. Talk some Bears. That's gonna be a good one. Your
3: partner in crime. Yeah,
0: so I get to give him some crap, and then we got <laughs> my guy Telly Hughes, works for the Big Ten Network, and uh. Uh, for Fox Sports up in Milwaukee, he's going to jump on and talk some Big Ten uh, college football as well. Wouldn't he that be brings cool? brings some
3: joy to his reporting telling. He does. He's yeah. a good guy. I wouldn't like It would be him.
2: cool if there was an all Big Ten national championship game? I'm not expecting it necessarily, but that'd be great. It was Ohio State-Michigan. It'd be funny. I'd laugh.
1: Talk to the Bama guy. I'd I'd, I'd laugh at Georgia. I've missed that
3: Mark Shinovsky dry dagger of humor. Just directed straight. straight It still exists.
1: Just not always in your presence anymore.
3: I know. That sucks. Selfishly. I'm I'm enjoying this right now.
1: It does exist on the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast that that Mark does with Stacey. It's great. You are in for a treat with these two taking over in the afternoons. Boys, have yourselves a wonderful show. And we'll see you soon. All right, Lawrence, thanks a lot. Layla, great to see you. Congrats on all your success. I see you everywhere.
3: Well, same to you, Mark. Like (laughs) Those of us with with hustles on hustles, we love to see it.
2: Yeah.
0: And nice to
3: talk hoops with you. Uh, I feel better.
0: And we'll continue to talk hoops on the other side. (laughs) All right, Gabe Ramirez, Mark Schnowski. We'll be doing our thing next right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The score.